This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Hello, Ohio. Welcome to Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door on the west side of Columbus. Our lead pastor, Pastor Doyle Jackson, is here with us today. I'm so happy to be here. This is good. I'm happy that you are here as well. I'm happy I'm here. I'm Pastor Doug, and uh, I'm a uh, part of the staff at the Church Next Door. We're going to have a discussion today, Pastor Doyle, about growth or growing. Now, it's January. There's not much growing yes. happening and in our fields. But we are... We are doing our fast right now, and uh, I, I, this is one of my favorite things in January. If you haven't heard about it, here at the church next door, we take the first 21 days, and we invite you to test the waters of fasting because it teaches you the biblical principle that of, of hum, humility. Number one, it humbles you because you realize you're not as strong as you think you are until you fast, but it develops in you the character of self-control. And so that could be you've been giving up uh, all uh, sweets and desserts for the 21 days, or you've given up a certain meal every day. But I, I just challenge you because I think that uh, there's there's we're going to talk about grow and misconceptions today. There's a misconception among a lot of Christians that they don't need to fast, that uh, Jesus's disciples fasted, but we don't de- need to. And, and I disagree. I believe that Jesus wanted all of his disciples, even his disciples that live in the year 2023, to fast and pray because it would develop good things inside of them. Don't you? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. But but you've hit on this idea of misconceptions, misunderstandings, myths concerning growth. And yeah. there's all kinds of, uh, you know, things like we, we've seen fad diets. We've seen, yeah. you know, I this guy told me he was a professional cyclist. And he said, if you go back to the 60s, you'll see pictures of these European cyclists. And they were smoking before a race because they believed that the cigarette so smoke stupid. opened up their lungs and gave them more. So misconceptions. Uh, don't, don't we believe the cigarette makers came up with that idea and, and <laughs> they, not the cigarette smokers? I, I mean, everybody knows when you're around smoke. Let's say you're outside at a fire and the smoke, the wind changes and it gets in your face. It's harder for you to breathe. Yeah, you would you would think that would be a, a no brainer. But these guys, I've seen pictures of them doing it. They're waiting for the race yeah. and they're smoking because they yeah. think it's going to improve their well, I remember lung the, capacity. I remember the King's Speech, that movie, and they're having him smoke to help him with his stutter. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those are misconceptions. That's yeah. a great it's a it's a great tool. And listen, I mean, who we won't go politics, but we we know that we've had to deal with some misconceptions in recent years and and we're still dealing with them. I mean, we really harmed our children by keeping them uh out of school when they were at the lowest risk for uh, a, a virus you know, and and I just that breaks my heart. Uh, you know, we we have a misconception that we've got to deal with right now is that I don't need community. 
Yeah. I mean, everywhere we go and we talk to pastors and whatnot, the church attendance is down in uh, 30% or more in most places because uh, people think, well, it's, it's not important for me to gather with other people. And we're not saying we don't agree with digital church. That's why we're on the radio and have a podcast. But it doesn't make up for being together and doing life together. Yeah. That's a misconception. Well, God has called us to growth, you know, and, and the world is based on growth. You know, it's developed that way. In, yeah. a, in a couple months, we're going to see fields growing. Uh, maybe you have seen your belly growing after uh, all the holiday eating. But we, we know growth is a part of life. One of my favorite verses, Peter, last thing he ever said to us, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But as you're saying here, there are misconceptions about how growth happens that can prevent it from happening. Why don't we talk about that? What are some of these other... Let's go back to Peter. Does he indicate in that verse anywhere, you know, like, grow if you want to. Right. You know, grow if you're feeling it today. No, he's talking to a church that's suffering. I mean, they're being abused by their culture at large. And he's saying, no, keep growing. Yeah. And, 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 and I know a lot of people are like, well, we need to be quiet about the gospel because our culture doesn't like it. No, Paul said, you need to grow. You need to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, and you need to be sharing it with other people because it's the only hope they have. And if you're quiet, they're going to die. They're going to die far from God. I, I, that's why I think that's important. Yeah. And, and I want you to grow because it's important. And it's not just because it's going to make your life better, but it will. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, that's okay. Paul talks about it. Yeah. Peter talks about it. Jesus, I believe, talked about it. It's what he wanted. But these misconceptions are keeping us from it. You've already yeah. identified uh, a couple there thinking we don't need community. Well, I think the, the, we don't need the it, first period. thing that I want people to know, and, and I made it clear in my lesson, but I want to say it to you again here, is that your spiritual success is connected to your decisions and your actions. Mm-hmm. And a failure to make a decision is a decision. If you fail to ask someone to marry you, then you decided not to ask them to marry you don't complain about a single life, okay? That that's because you didn't at least ask, okay? If you didn't if you don't buy a ticket to get on the plane to go to Florida in January, don't complain about the cold weather of of Ohio, all right? That's a decision you right. made and and there's a series of actions and, you know, we we have options in the world in which we live. I mean, I say that about Florida because I'm like, wow, can you imagine living in Columbus 110 years ago? You didn't have the option to go to Florida in yeah. January. Well, it was just a thought. All no, right, here no we go. Snowbirds. So let's talk about the four categories of myths, all okay. right? Um, <clears throat> the first one is what I call the I, I already. It's so what we do is we fail to grow because we think, well, I already know what's important about the Bible. I've gone to church for 30 years, and I know people that have gone to church for 30 years, and then they come to my church, and I had a woman say this to me not long ago. She said, I've never heard a pastor preach on sin like that. And I was like, wow, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that no one ever taught a lesson on sin in the churches that you were in in the past, because it's a pretty big issue there. It's see, sometimes we think we already know it, 
And the reason we need to be around Christian community is to hear what we don't know. And um, don't assume that you already know everything. I'm telling you that assume that you don't know everything, and you're probably going to grow this year because of that. And I already have done enough. I I, I was guilty of this in school. <laughs> I always tried to get a C or a D. I just tried to avoid an F because I didn't like school. And I know a lot of people that approach their Christianity that way. You know what I'm talking about? You have another way of describing that? Uh, well, I was one of those students. As That's... Any, Anybody who went to, to Westland High School and knows me, they can testify. <laughs> I coasted through on C's, baby. And, and, well, but, but spiritually, I know people, they, want, they come to me, and they literally ask, so what's the least I can do and still mm-hmm. get into heaven? Yeah, yeah. And um, what's the least I can do and keep my wife from divorcing me? Wouldn't that be ridiculous if we put it that way? And that's how we're approaching God. What's the least oh I can do and get your reward? Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted when we say that. And, and some of you right now are thinking, oh, that was my thought. Well, please repent. Yes. Just say it out loud. Say, God, forgive me because I've had too low of a standard. Because God's standard for you is this. He wants you to have a maximum of his presence in your life. And there are things you can do to know him better, okay? Um, Some people think I'm already too far behind spiritually. And that's, uh, that's under this category of I already. And I meet a lot of people in this category, and I want you to know it's not true. Because in the kingdom of God, he has resources and he can catch you up really quickly. And so don't don't let that keep you from it. Um, uh, you know, Jennifer was meeting with a group of women. They were sitting around a table. It was a Christmas time and they're doing a Christmas heart. And they, they said, you know, for the past two years, uh, I have felt so guilty about my past that I haven't tried to move forward with God. And this is helping me see that I'm missing out. And I want you to take their stance and change. So that was our first category of myth. I already know it all, or I'm already too far behind. I've done enough. And then the, the number two category is I'm exceptional. And I love this. I think it's it's funny, too, because these people think, well, I'm exceptional. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do what everybody else does uh to to advance and to grow. I, I read one of Mac, Malcolm Gladwell's books several years ago, yeah. and I can't remember which one it was, but he talked about the 10,000 hours. He said, if you want to be great at something, you got to put 10,000 hours in. And um, there's a TV show called The Goldbergs, and the older brother, he always thinks that he can become exceptional at something, and he only has to put about three hours into it and some duct tape and he'll be able to whatever. And, and I just think that's the way so many of us are. We think, you know, that anybody who's great in the music world or the art world, or even in the business world, that they're going to get there immediately or overnight, you know? And, um, I, I don't do that. Uh, God loves you. But you are not exceptional to the point that you don't have to follow the rules that everyone else has to follow. Gravity still applies to you. That's what I was going to say. John Eldridge says gravity works for everybody. So, uh, you know, a a Christian steps off a skyscraper the same as a non-believer stepping off a skyscraper. Yeah, that's... 
the rules apply. Yeah, Gladwell's book was called Outliers, and and he goes through and he outlines you got to put the time in. And so if you want to grow spiritually, make a decision now. Let me tell you one of the things that I—let me tell you a couple things that I've learned that everybody has to has to do, okay? You, you have to confess Jesus is Lord. You have to say, all right, I believe that Jesus was, was the exception to the rule for humanity, and I'm relying on his exceptionalism— for my salvation, okay. That's that's one way of wording it. It may not be the best. No, that's a great from a way. theological standpoint. The the theologians out there may get upset with me, but they know I'm right in terms of the concept. Concept um, number two: at some point, you have to humble yourself and be baptized in water. Now, do you have to be baptized in water to go to heaven? No, you don't. We know the thief on the cross. But if you've been going to church for the past 10 years and you've never submitted to the waters of baptism, the question is, why not? Now, the why not may be legitimate, that you're continuing to live an ungodly life and you know you're not worthy to walk into the water. So abandon the ungodliness and walk into the water and walk out different. Mm -hmm. If it's just a, a fear over the public display, repent of that and go public with your faith. But uh, it's normative for a Christian to be baptized in water. So you, you agree with what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. See, and then I, I would say you've got to make a commitment to the Word of God and to Christian community. And this, this, becomes, this becomes really vital because if you'll learn to read the Word of God every day, then you'll see your need for prayer. And you'll say, oh, I've got to confess this sin, or I've got to talk to God about this. Why would God put this in the Bible? See, a lot of people are upset about what the Bible says, and that that discontentment that comes to you uh, when you read the Bible is to challenge you to repent, to say, okay, something in my life is not lining up with this, or it seems wrong that God was so brutal against these people. And that's why we pray about it, okay? It's, it's there to upset us in the sense to get us off our, our norm. And then you have to get in Christian community because in that, in that you begin to see, well, how did this, uh, why do you read that in the scripture? And did that make you upset? And you're like, no, that didn't bother me a bit, but this over here did. And, 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 and see, we begin to see that they're seeing God from different vantage points. That's why we have four gospels. Because people saw God from a different vantage point, and and you're not exceptional. You need to start these practices, and and that's why we're inviting you to it. Okay, I'm talking too much. No, no, that makes absolute sense. That's a that's those are the rules. That's the gravity that every yeah. person goes through. So that dispels the myth of I'm exceptional. And 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 what's what's important is this: is that it, you could go to a Baptist church or a Methodist church. Now I realize that some of these denominational churches and traditional churches now have embraced ungodly worldviews, and they're telling you you don't have to be this traditional. But what I'm saying is, is you need to know. What does the Scripture say? And go back to the Word of God and begin to apply that. And you may need to challenge some of your pastors, or you may have to step out of those fellowship with those people. I don't know. I, I, that's a very I'm very cautious about saying that. But some of what's being taught is not good. So the third the third category or myth that we dealt with t- this week is I can't. And the I can't is is we're so beholden 
to the way we've always lived that we think we can't afford to follow God now. I can't walk away. And it's sometimes it's because we are so beholden to our sinfulness, our old way, that we can't. So that's the myth. Strangely enough, that's the myth of the rich young ruler, right? He's rich. That's the way we we describe him. He had the ability to buy what he wanted, but he was not rich enough yeah. to sacrifice for the faith. He could not afford to give his wealth away to walk with Jesus Christ. Well, there's two things I think that that he highlights. One is his wealth, and that's it's really why a lot of it's why we have. Uh, ooh, we have so many false gospels in America because they invite us towards the wealth of the rich young ruler, and then we have a weak gospel, okay? It's why we invite people to the social gospel and a weak Jesus, okay? And and um, because they don't really want to uh, to give God what he's really due. But the other thing that the, the rich young ruler cites is that it's about his family, Okay, it's about his family. And I find people who say, I can't because of my social network, my real family. It may not be their little family, but my social network wouldn't accept me, you know. And and, and people will actually yeah. cite, you know, they're part of the LGBTQ community and they won't accept me now. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, uh, I can't because I grew up uh, around people that practice false religions. So, the people that they're a part of, I've had people come and say, you know, my parents were Wiccans. Yeah. How can I follow Jesus? Well, you have to you have to let go of that false god. You know, there are people that are following uh, other uh, forms of God, and and Jesus was always inviting people. It's it's what the Samaritan woman said. Yeah. If if I follow you, Jesus, you know, I'm going to be in trouble with the community. The community was perfectly okay with her living with a man that she was not married to. They were perfectly okay with her having multiple husbands over the years and apparently just abusing her. She was a human trafficking victim but never left town. So what I love about the story of the woman at the well is because when she looks at Jesus, she doesn't realize she's looking at the Messiah But she keeps saying, I can't, Mm -hmm. and this relationship isn't going to work, because she believed, she truly believed that the system was working against her. A lot of people think that today, okay, and that I can't trust God. And Jesus is looking in her eyes, and he's saying, you can't keep living the way you are, Mm -hmm. but that I can't lie can keep us living in a pit hating our life, but we still don't believe that we could chew Jesus and get out of it. And today, what I want you to think is, Jesus is the answer, and I'm going to I'm gonna abandon, I'm going to leave behind my I can't thinking uh, at the well today. That's what she did. She embraced Jesus, and she ran back to town, and she said, you can. You can know the Messiah. You can know a new life. That encourage. I mean, that 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 lifts my heart. That lifts my soul. See, yeah. And that's that's what's so powerful about it. We had something similar. You know, a lady was asking us questions and got to baptism, and I said, "Well, we believe that adults are baptized in water." She just said, "Well, Mom's not going to like that." <laughs> and it's so it's again. It's, you know, that's right. I can't because Mom doesn't want me to get baptized in water. I yeah. Mean, uh, people say that, you know, because their parents baptized them. Right. I can't now as an adult. 
listen, if you can't remember it, you weren't a fully operative participant in that. And you say, thank you for doing that for me. But now I'm choosing to be a fully operative uh, participant in the baptism in water. And that's that'll, that'll get it. You'll always remember that. That's good. Absolutely. Okay, the last misconception we talked about is the, there's some wiggle room that when I read the Scripture, you know, I don't have to exactly follow it. You know, things have changed. We live in a different world. And that that crevice has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. You can drive a train through that hole in, in people's worldview today because they think that the world of Jesus and us today is so far that we don't have to. You can live any sinful lifestyle. You know, you can be a gambler who cusses and is mean to everybody and kill people and you still go to heaven while you're doing all that. And I, I don't think you can. It's it's inappropriate. There's a movie, I think it's called The Way. I believe it's directed by Emilio Estevez. It stars okay. uh, Martin Sheen. I think okay. that's his dad, right? And he's on a pilgrimage. And when they come to the end of this pilgrimage, the guy who was, you know, who was organizing our direct him all, he says, well, we're supposed to, to walk on our knees this last couple of feet, you know, and they all just kind of look at him. And the one lady just kind of smiles like, oh, how quaint, but that's not for us. And so they just depart and go on their way. And it's, you know, that's what, what you're taught me that there's some wiggle room, you know, well, that was nice for some people, but not for me. Yeah. A lot of people think that they can be a Christian but they don't have to go to church. Right. I don't have to... Isn't that quaint that people believe that? That's right. I don't have to have any uh, Christian friends, or I don't have to share my faith. I don't have to give financially. I don't have to... And and no, there are some requirements. God says uh, to the people of Israel, if you don't obey my voice, you're not my people. Mm-hmm. If you don't obey the teachings of Jesus, you're not Jesus' people, you know? And and that's what he's inviting us to. And so I just want to invite you, as we look at the misconceptions, I want you to remember this, okay? That God is merciful, all right? And that, that God is powerful to deliver you. And sometimes we think our ungodly ways are really better than they really are, and they aren't. They Absolutely. haven't produced the good fruit. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you will help us to follow Jesus, the exciting way, truth, and the life. And God, I pray that if there are misconceptions that are blocking us from taking the next step, Lord, we want to take the next step. It's why we're listening to this program today, is we want to take another step with you. We want to know you better. We want to follow you. And I pray that your anointing would come on our life, and I pray that you would deliver us from all the lies of the enemy, so that we may run after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. You know, prayer changes our lives. Prayer of agreement is powerful. Well, we're together right now. What are we waiting for? Can we just stop right now and take a moment to pray? Let's take a moment and just agree in prayer for this weekend's church services throughout our community. Lord, I thank you that as as we uh, 
we go into this this week, we know that that Sunday is coming, that church services are coming this weekend. And Lord, I know that many churches meet on Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday. We meet throughout the week, but I pray right now that, that you would show up at our church's worship services. Lord, I, I pray that the churches throughout town, throughout our city, throughout our nation, throughout the earth, that they would seek you, that they would seek your guidance for their individual lessons so that the church might be built up and established in a unity. In, in Ephesians 4, it says that that's why you give us pastors and teachers and elders and leaders, Lord, you said that we might be built up, that we might be unified, that we might be strengthened and grow, that we might grow to the full measure of the faith, it says. So God, we're praying right now for this week's services at church. We're praying that that every small group that meets, every youth group that meets, that every Sunday school class, whether it's an adult or a children's class, Lord, whether it's a recovery group, Lord, that they would give people freedom and life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, let us not rely on human effort. God, we do not want to be humanists that believe that we have the answer. Jesus is the answer. You are the Lord of life. You are the healer. Wherever you went, Jesus, you you taught people, you healed people, and you forgave people their sins and delivered them. And that's what we're praying the church will do this week. We're praying that the church will, will share, like candy, the good news of the gospel the teaching, the healing, the deliverance. God, may we see the churches in our community grow and may their services be vibrant. May the reputation of the church be righteousness, peace, and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for praying with me. You know, I believe prayer is powerful. We should pray first and ask questions later. And if you'd like to be a part of the prayer ministry or part of this ministry, I ask you to go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address, and we'll give you our free ebook. It's a prayer guide, a daily prayer guide right there for you every day. Be a part of the ministry of The Church Next Door and Your Next Step. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.